Hi everyone, it's Helen Joy Butler here, Home Energy Alchemist, Sanctuary Creator and Elemental Space Clearer. And welcome to this episode of Musings on Sanctuary and Spirituality. I've got something super special to be sharing with you today. About two or three months ago, I had this idea about doing a sanctuary round table. And as I say that, I'm getting all tingly and I'm all really super excited about what comes from this conversation today because I've invited two of my beautiful friends, Sherry Trentini and Darina Cause, to join me on the podcast today who share their thoughts with you on this topic that I spoke about earlier this year around the real reason you're not bringing sanctuary into your home. Now, if you haven't listened to that episode, that's episode 43, the link for that's in the show notes. I highly recommend you go and have a listen to that because we're going to be extending our conversation around that today. But you might also remember Sherry. She was in episode 22 and Darina was in episode 30 for Sanctuary Chats. And Darina and I also connected early on in the coronavirus in, I think it was about March or April 2020 to share our thoughts on creating sanctuary around this concept of coronavirus now that we were in our homes and spending much more time at home. So today the three of us are going to sit down and share our thoughts with you on this concept about the real reason creating sanctuary in your home is so difficult. But before we move on to that, I'm going to pass over to both of these ladies to introduce themselves. So I'm going to ask Sherry, can you please just dive in, share whatever you feel called to share about you, your amazingness, what you do, who you are, where you live, all of that kind of stuff. Well, thank you, Helen. I'm so excited to chat with the two of you, two of my favorite people. Uh, ever and so pretty happy to be here and I am a life and grief recovery coach so I help people to move beyond whatever losses that you've experienced in your life that you're holding on to which might in fact be holding you back from really living the life that is most ideal for you so in my in my work I take all the tools of all of the things that I've uh, learned and incorporate that with my coaching. So that's the feng shui aspect, the elemental space clearing aspect, the cluttering, uh, body work, breath work, energy work, the whole gamut. And it is really a, a fusion of all things in order to help uh, my clients. Did I freeze? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. No, that's it's cold all... here in Canada. <laughs> it's a frozen tundra up there. It's okay. Everyone is used to people freezing on Zoom and we're just going to roll with it because that's... That's right. That's how it goes. <laughs> so we'll put up to the... I'm uh, good with that. We'll put up to the technology gods in Canada where Sherry lives to please just let things go smoothly for the next <laughs> hour or so. Um, and I also just want to say, Sherry and I used to hang out in Brisbane. So she moved to Brisbane for a little while. Um, so I had the pleasure of, you know, connecting with her in person and doing some cool, fun stuff as well. So, Dorina, your turn. Can you introduce yourself to us? Let us know all about your awesomeness. Yeah, my name is uh, Dorina, and I'm also known as the Space Doula. So my magic is helping people really see how their homes mirror their lives, seeing those metaphors play out in their home. So when we shift one, we can shift the other. Um, like the both of you, I took all these tools and brought it to this space. Uh, I have a background, went from interior decorating to professional organizing to clutter clearing coach. And then I brought the feng shui and the space clearing in and, um, add a little bit of energy work with Reiki and crystal energy. And um, yeah, that's where I am now. And I'm just so excited to be with the two of you. I met Sherry first. It's been years. I forget this pandemic has, I have to like add plus one to everything. So like whatever I thought the time was, I'm like, oh, plus one more year. So it's been, I don't know, four or five years that we met. At least. Yeah. And at least 
five. And then I, is it that long? Gosh, four plus one. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, and then I met um, Helen through Sherry. So just like, I'm in such amazing company. So thank you. Oh, well, I just think that it's amazing that we can all come together. And I'm very, very grateful that you both said yes when I reached out with this idea of, you know, let's do this round table kind of concept, meaning that, you know, we're all sitting at a table. We want to invite all the listeners to come and sit at that table with us as well and have this conversation around the real reason why you're not bringing sanctuary into your home. And this all came to me, as you know, I'm getting all tingly as I say this, um, I both know I know both of you are really connected with spirit um, through you know channeling and energy work that you do and I'm sure you're like me in that you have these things land and you kind of go well where'd that come from I don't know where that came from but hey that's really interesting and so it was a, a while ago a number of months ago these concepts landed with me around the real reason why people aren't actually doing this creating sanctuary in this particular instance in their home and for this one it was it's all too hard now when I wind back my memory banks to all of the clients I worked with in and as a professional organizer they all got to the stage where you know it might be the garage was just crazy or the office or the whole house or the kids room or the toys like whatever it was that particular space was so overwhelming for them it had got to a stage that it was just all too hard for them to dive in on a practical level and do it but as we both all know there's this emotional and spiritual connection with our stuff and the idea that you know I now have to take some time out of my day to get in and organize this space or declutter this space and energetically I'm not feeling that well or I'm sick or I've got emotions bubbling up or um, stresses in my life and you know my house is now getting super overwhelming for me to deal with and the thing that landed for me this morning was that no matter where you sit on that scale whether you are a perfectionist at one end or a order or massive collector at the other end on that scale no matter where you sit me included sometimes it's just all too hard so through the conversation today I, what I really want to do is try and firstly get your thoughts Sherry and Drina on that concept and then secondly as a round table coming together to support people with how can we make it easy? Because yes, it can be hard, but how can we make it easy? What are some of those simple um, practical strategies that we can implement that would support us to make living in a sanctuary-filled home easy? So I might hand this over to Sherry first. Have you got any thoughts that you want to share um, around this concept that we can then just you know, um, I'm kind of thinking this is like a tennis match. We're just offering things backwards and forwards and see what comes from it. So, Sherry, any thoughts initially coming to you? Thank you. Um, the first thing that came to my mind is the emotional aspect of the things that we're surrounded with. You know, whether it is something that you've found at a garage store or um, somebody has given you something or you bought this at a different time in your life that we have infused these things with the energy of our home. And they, and we've talked about this before about how it adds to the energy or it takes away, but it's that emotional energy of deciding that there's something in your home that doesn't suit your space anymore, or you want to freshen things up or make some changes that I think the heart comes from being able to let that piece go on to somebody else to love and enjoy for it to add value and, and good energy to their space. And that's where, you know, that's where I think where the resistance and where the difficulty comes in, because how do we let something go that our grandmother has given us or that we, that signifies some point in time, some milestone. Thoughts mm. on that? 
Yeah, that's true. And as you're saying that, I'm starting to burp. <laughs> I talked about this before we press record because that's how I release energy. And I'm, I'm starting to feel this massive urge to belch. Sorry, apologies for that. Um, but I totally agree with you. And I want to use um, this necklace that I'm wearing as an example for that. And I know it's not a big deal in regards to everything that's in my home, but I bought this necklace at a charity store. So what's attached to it until I wear it is actually not mine, right? So the emotions of whoever wore it, the situations that they wore it in, um, you know, how they felt when they wore it or the emotions they went through when they wore it are now attached to this thing. And mm -hmm. so in regards to an en from an energy perspective, I have to be you know, aware of that if I'm bringing someone else's stuff into my house. But even if I'm bringing a brand new thing into my house, like a new sofa or a new fridge or a new, and a yeah. new carpet or something, being aware of the fact that other people have been in contact with that thing, now it's coming into my house, but now it's being infused with my stuff, my emotional stuff. Um, yeah. And the, obviously everyone I live with as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Serena, what do you think? Yeah, it's just uh, so true with the emotional and the stories we attach to everything. And that's what makes it hard, you know, and it's I'm constantly like the story comes up in my head and then I'm like, is that true? And my stubborn side is like, yes, it's true. And then, then I have amazing friends and colleagues like you guys who are like, okay, can we expand that and say, is it really? And how can we shift the feeling around something, but I think it's really the emotions that make it hard um, to let go of stuff, certainly. And whether it's guilt or um, obligation that we're holding on to it, but I, I think mm -hmm. it's truly tapping into our hearts and allowing ourselves to feel joy, you know? And I think sometimes, especially this last year, uh, what I noticed is so that when the pandemic first hit, and I think that's Helen, when you and I first started talking, I was like, I'm an introvert and I'm kind of loving this. Like not, obviously not the health aspect of it, but the part right. where I had permission to pull in and I'm like, I don't have to go anywhere. I don't feel left out of anything. And then fast forward a year and I just hit this wall within the last couple of weeks. I keep calling it the pandemic wall where I don't even have the motivation to like go out for a walk because I'm like, oh, it's just too hard. You know, so mm -hmm. it's like I have to give myself permission again and a little nudge to get outside to like fill my heart back up because then I think that allows, that makes it less hard, you know, yeah. like in, bring that joy back in. And I think that's, that's something I've said for years in that sometimes when you hit that point of resistance, you have to sort of forecast yourself out into the future. How would it feel if I let this piece of art behind me go that I received or I, you know, whatever the, my story is around it. And I, can I get, go into the future and imagine somebody else seeing it or you know, buying it and going and just knowing that it's going to be perfect. And every time they see it, they're just so excited. Whereas if I look at it and go, oh, yeah, mm, I should really do something about that. Or right, like how can I get myself beyond that, that speed bump, if you will, on that, on the track of doing something about it. And often we don't want to step beyond that because as Darina said it could be guilt or the attachment to the person that gave it to me or the symbol whatever it symbolized mm, that's very true I have things in my home that I don't even know how they got here and who they belonged <laughs> to but they belong to some distant relative you know the kind of the thing when I don't know grandma might have died and then there was something in grandma's house that belonged to somebody else another relative yeah. And, and I'm talking particularly about crockery because I think that that often finds its way to us, old people's crockery. Um, and it's like, I, every time I open the cupboard, I go, I've never used that. I don't know who that came from. Um, yeah. And part of me goes, well, it's not taking up too much room. I'll just leave it there, right? Mm -hmm. um, which, 
again, comes back to this concept of it's all too hard because what I have to now do is step into the emotions of it and go, well, do I have any attachment to this? Is this something that I really want to keep? Do I love it? If I love it, then Helen, do something with it. Like get it out, use it, make it visible, um, you know, give joy to other people through the thing. Um, But at the same time, what I'm currently doing is I feel as though in other parts of my life, I've, I've closed this door and the things that are on the other side of that door have to go. Um, you know, that, that stepping through those phases, whether it's um, different phases of your life, different phases of your relationship with your significant other, with friends, with work, with whatever. Um, it's like, well, that door's actually now closed and I can feel it's closed. So now yeah. it, it um, you know, like it cuts the cord, right? It releases me from the stuff and then I can go, well, it's much easier for me to now move it on. I don't know. Thoughts on that? Yeah. I think there's like, there's a familiarity. Uh, and so it's, you know, it's like that short term, you know, we will take the short term pain or what's immediate because we feel like it's too hard to move past that. And we can't think because like, oh, this feels familiar. So it's like that, that litter, little, um, like the pea and the princess, you know? So it's like, it's not bothering me that much. And, and we're not <laughs> conscious. We're not conscious of the things around us, but when we bring the attention to it, as you mentioned, and you start feeling, then you can shift it. But it's, we just walk through our lives so quickly and so out of habit that I think we don't actually pay attention yeah. to our surroundings and they just become familiar. And we're like, oh yeah, so it's my grandma's stuff, who cares, right? But then when we all of a sudden realize like, oh yeah, that was my grandma who criticized me all the time. That's my grandma who told me, this is actually my true story, that she would say, oh, here have this bowl of ice cream. Now, by the way, do you know you're fat? Like all in one breath, Mm. you know? And then so every time I see that, like there is that energetic attachment to it. And it's like, well, but how do I let go of it? Yeah. But then you might keep it because then you try to be the bigger person and decide that your grandmother's intention, she did the best that she could rather than, right? And then you're like, well, maybe next time, maybe next time it'll make the cut and I can let it go, but I'll just push that pain down for another day to deal with. Don't you Mm -hmm. feel like we just say it's like not that big of a deal? Yeah. Like it's not that big of a deal. Yeah, Yeah, totally. Totally agree with you because particularly if it's not taking up a lot of space, it's just one bowl or it's one small thing. We just, oh, it's one small thing. But energetically, it's massive. Like the attachment to that is is super massive. Through the one thing you said too, which kind of my my radar went up was around this concept of we're just walking through life slowly or whatever I, I think that we also are walking through life a bit in a haze or a daze or um and I think this comes back to awareness of our journey and ourselves and what it is we want but the more we can be attuned to being awake to our journey I think the more we can be attuned to what is it that I need in my house that will you know support me on this journey because i think it is that um you know why would i bother worrying about that one bowl in the cupboard from my grandma um but then also it becomes you know the old sheets on the bed or the daggy clothes you're wearing uh, you know the daggy underwear that i have floating around somewhere um or the old vase or the the rug that you don't like but it, it serves a purpose I had a, um, somebody say to me recently, um, reminded me of the Taylor Swift song, Death by a Thousand Cuts. And (laughs) it's like that, you know, we just keep sacrificing ourselves and we keep sacrificing and we keep like, oh, that's not that big of a deal. And it's not that big of a deal if I keep this little bit of thing or this person's thing. And then we hold on to everybody else's stuff, like a little bit, we take a little bit from everybody. You know, it's like, like, this happened, I see this a lot with clients recently, um, probably because the age, you know, I have a lot of clients, my clients are similar age and our parents are aging and we're 
taking care of them or they're moving into like retirement communities and they're like, here, you need to take this for me. Like you need to have it. My mom just did that to me. She's like, well, what's going to happen with this rocking chair when I move? I'm thinking, I don't want the rocking chair. And she's like, you gave that to me. I'm like, yeah, so. And she's like, it's really special. We have to keep it. And I'm thinking, I don't want the dang rocking chair. But as a good daughter, I feel like I need to yeah. accommodate the rocking chair. So have you well, thought what that looks like? Like literally, what yeah. or you're just still you're still in the the haze of I have no idea. I'm in denial still. <laughs> I don't want the rocking chair. It's not attractive. And, but she remembers it to her as my brother and I gave it to her. And we were kids and we scraped all our money together and we sacrificed for her and we gave this. So for her, it's love. But for me, I'm like, what yeah. like, yeah. So I actually don't know. It's, I, that is a real life, just happened situation. And I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to call you guys. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe it's, maybe it's um, a matter of taking a picture of it. Maybe. And, and so that she can keep it that way, but then to tell, get her over the hump to say, somebody else is going to see this and go, oh my God, it's perfect. I love it. I can't wait to rock in it. It is so special to me, even though they're buying it or they're finding it in some way, right? I think I think sometimes it has you need to do a team connection, especially from a mom and daughter standpoint, right? Because you have no attachment, she has a great deal. You know, like you're you, you got to come, you got to find that balance, not in order for you to to take the the chair, but to find a compromise that feels good for both of you. So maybe that's you taking the photograph, you with your mom, little selfie action, so that she sees that, you know what I mean? Finding finding a way to, to find the, so each of you can have peace. I hope so. Because <laughs> I really don't want it in my house. <laughs> like, I really don't want it. <laughs> if not, if, if not, put it in your garage and bring it out whenever she comes over. Oh, look. Because <laughs> that's a lot of work. That's a lot more work than and finding it to fit in your space than it is. And it's emotional work, not just physical work. And, and you would, in um, Helen, you would mention that the, the three aspects of creating sanctuary is the, the physical, correct me if I get the terms wrong, the physical, the emotional and the, and the spiritual or the soul. And so when you mentioned about deciding that it's not, it's not taking up that much space, it may not take up a, a, a lot of physical space, but is it taking up maybe the physical space plus the emotional space plus the like what does the equation look like the the longer we hold on to things um just because it's still good or just because my mom has asked me to or you know like those types of things right mm -hmm. I wonder what the what the recourse or what the you know run the numbers on that yeah yeah I there's two things I want to <laughs> say to that um, Sherry, the first is I used to have this friend years ago <laughs> whose in-law, one of her in-laws was uh, a painter. <laughs> it used to paint, I don't know, scenes of whatever he painted scenes of. And he used to always gift them, you know, birthdays, Christmases or whatever, paintings. They didn't like them at all. Um, and this relative didn't live close by and only visited from time to time so they would literally pack them up put them in a box and then when he came, <laughs> I was about to come they'd get them out and and make it appear that they loved these items and they were a, you know a well-treasured part of their life but this brings me to the second thing which was years ago I heard this concept that if I Helen gift you Sherry or Dorina something that thing now has no energetic connection to me it is all 100% yours so in other words if I gift you something that you love hallelujah you love it and you know you use it or place it out to look at every day or whatever the case may be but if you don't love it now we've got that 
connection. Oh my gosh, Helen, my good friend, she gave me that thing. I don't know what to do because I feel guilty or, you know, it's that practical, emotional, spiritual stuff. What do I do? So it's just a really interesting dichotomy, I think, that we put a lot of weight on the stuff in our house and number one, who gave it to us, or number two, whether it actually serves us the way we want it to serve us. Because I can guarantee the money that I was gifted for um, my wedding by relatives overseas and that picture that we bought all those years ago is not Helen now. (laughs) But the attachment to it, I can tell you, it's hiding under a bed, you know. But what I'm trying to say is that this attachment with the stuff from the other people, like Serena's mum's rocking chair, um, that's, I think, part of this concept of it's all too hard. I think it's a big aspect, yeah, actually, of it's all too hard. I feel like when you were talking about how when somebody gifts you something, And then all of a sudden, like, you can't let it go. And there's that guilt. It's like the, like the energy was clear, like when you gave it, but then all of a sudden when you can't let it go, but you don't want to keep it, it feels like it, it creates this like sticky energy between the two of you. And so then I wonder how much that affects relationships. Like here, I, you know, here I would be thinking like, I'm going to be the good daughter to keep it. Right. But does that start building up the resentment? And that starts clouding that connection, that energetic cord between us. So where, where I think I'm actually being the good daughter, I'm really creating this discord energetically. I think I agree with you, especially if you have to see that thing on a daily basis. I think the difference is, is if you can tuck it away somewhere and it's not in your, it's not in your peripheral vision all the time. So if every time you have to walk around the rocking chair or the crockery that you're taking out and you have to move that in order to get to what you really want, we're not reminded of that discord or that we don't, I don't, I, I don't think that um, when it's tucked away in the back cupboard or in the garage or under the stairs and only until we open that box and I go, oh, geez there it is right but if it's if it's visible I think that's where the discord would maybe get some momentum or Mm, mm. I agree with you Sherry so I suppose the question is we all know it's really hard (laughs) you know we know on a practical level we actually need the the time the space the energy to actually go and shift butter or shift things um, in our homes we know on an emotional level it can be really difficult we know on a spiritual level it can be really difficult so how can we make it easy because that's the whole thing right we can't we have to move we have to evolve we have to we don't have to I choose Helen chooses to continue to evolve and move and shift and change and therefore if someone's listening and they're kind of feeling like this they're feeling the stuckness they're feeling the heaviness the weight what's the first two things are coming to me what's the first place we start and secondly why would that be a good place to start so maybe I'll start answering that question first because that might give you an idea of what I'm thinking about so quite a while ago a number of years ago I was feeling really stuck really blocked really out of flow And we're talking about this concept of sanctuary. And so what I did was I did this challenge called 31 Days of Sanctuary. Of course, whoever wanted to join me could join me. And what I did was every day I woke up and I chose one thing that would bring sanctuary to my day. So that could be the energy from the sunrise that I saw. It could be a cup of tea. It could be patting my dog. It could be just staying in bed for another five minutes. Like it didn't matter necessarily what it was, but what I did was I picked that thing, I took a photo of that thing and I then went, okay, what is it about this thing that gives me or brings me sanctuary? And so then through the day, I would go, 
okay, I'm feeling a bit off track. What was that thing? Oh, it was a cup of tea this morning. Right. Well, what was it about the cup of tea? I felt nurtured. I felt warm. Um, you know, maybe I watched the sunrise come up. So I felt beauty, whatever the energy was about it. And I would continue with that all day. So when I went up, I felt good. When I went down, I went, what was the energy? When I went up, I felt good. When I went down, what was the energy of the thing that brought me sanctuary on that day? And I did it for 31 days. So there were 31 different things. And I found that halfway through, I started to feel the change. So what does that mean? I started to feel my energy lift. That light inside me started to get brighter. My motivation for doing things, you know, just generally had increased. But now it's like, oh, well, I actually do want to go through that drawer. I do want to go through and get rid of, you know, the old linen or whatever the thing was. I had more motivation. So I got to the end of the 31 days and I was a totally new person by doing them and it took I always say creating sanctuary takes courage and it takes bravery because what we're actually doing is backing ourselves and we're bringing into reality what it is we want in our lives so over the 31 days I was able to do that and it really helped kind of shift me or give me the momentum to move forward so I think if someone's listening, and I know that might sound like, well, but we're talking about our home and we're talking about decluttering the space and, you know, it's all too hard and whatever. It might feel like a bit of a disconnect, but I guarantee if you decide to do that, it will make a massive difference to you know, how you show up in your home or your life, but also what's going on around you and what you'll want to start to shift and move whether it's the rocking chair, whether it's the crockery in the, you know, my cupboard or whatever the thing is. So that's what I would recommend. Like where would you start would be, like if you weren't emotionally feeling up for doing the physical shifts and changes, that's what I would suggest you would start. Sherry, Darina, who would like to share their thoughts? Go ahead, Darina. Um, I like so resonate with the concept, you know, as you explained the 31 days of sanctuary, when I went through, um, when I went through a divorce, gosh, it's been 21 years now, 22 years, devastated, you know, like at the time I was devastated. I was like a puddle on the kitchen floor and crying. I couldn't feed, like couldn't cook for my kids. Couldn't, I mean, it was, and I remember thinking, I don't know what I love anymore. And because everything had been so changed in that experience and I had given so much of myself to somebody else, I had literally been like, what do you like? Oh, that's what I like. And I had completely lost myself. And so I remember thinking like, I don't know what I like. And so it was like Sarah Brecka, ben and ben. Mm -hmm. you know that book I'm talking about? It's a pink book. It's like, it was a yeah. hardcover. Yeah. Um... Brecken something. Ugh. It was like a Irish name, so it was. Yeah, <laughs> I feel bad. I can't remember it, but somehow that book landed in my house. I don't even remember how, but I remember going through it, and it gave me the idea of every day. Like I remember going through magazines, being like, "What color do I like?" You know, it's like walking through Target. Like, what do I like? And just trying to find, like, bring the feeling back and bring it back to me and how I feel. And, and then, oh, I want to bring that into my house. Like, oh, I remember I love purple. And so I went and bought purple little flower sheets. You know, so it was just, it was, it was remembering, coming back to self, right? And remembering what yeah. I love. And, yeah. I think that's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. It kind of... It, it makes me feel of that whole concept of welcoming yourself home because when we do give ourselves over to whether it's a partner or a child or a parent or a sibling or somebody else, we, we do give away, I think, our truth. Um, and it's kind of like, I'm going to draw that back, <laughs> come back to me and allow that to infuse me. Love it. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Verena. Sherry, what do you reckon? Well, I often just get the call to, to, to let things go or to go through things. And 
the more the call happens, the less stuff I have to go through. And therefore I go buy stuff so that I can declutter that another day. No, <laughs> that, that cycle, right? But um, I think I just have always honored the, the voice inside of me that said, now is the time, you know, go in. I know exactly where I need to go and why, I need, and I need to go through that for some reason, because there's something in there that needs my attention. It needs to be released or whatever it's telling me. And so when you ask the question about, you know, where you're drawn to doing it, where should, should that be where you go? And I, I think, I think so. And even, I think my other favorite thing that I, I learned when I was training in feng shui was to uh, use strangers' eyes as you walk through your house. So the things that you can see around your house, what does a stranger see? What, what, what would a strange, how would a stranger um, describe you, the people that live here? Um, and, you know, what would, what would that say? Is that, and sort of check in, is that still feel right to me or does that still um support me as i'm going forward like where so where am i at in in that process and to be able to to stand in your closet that's i think a great way to great place to start and uh what does the what would a stranger what would their observations be not judgment observations as to who you are who you are in the world and who you are in your home and make that sort of connection, sort of, you know, draw the connecting lines, whether or not that continues to be who, what makes me feel good and feel like me. The couch that I sit on, the, the tank top or the pants that I wear every day or, you know, those types of things. And really make that assessment um, as you go on a daily basis on those daily things, but on the bigger picture, you know, what, what, what does this what does this room tell about me and my family? How could I how could I express who lives here more and make it more comfortable and make it more sanctuary? And so then that when you sort of start at that place, I think it makes it easier to make those decisions. Oh, that's got to go. That's no, you know, I'm going to put that away for now. I still feel good, but it's not quite right, and so on and so forth. Yeah, and also this, I know this sounds um, perhaps a little bit left of centre from what we're talking about, but I think that's kind of how Helen rolls. <laughs> I know that you girls are okay with that. Um, well, this concept of upcycling, recycling, repurposing for stuff that we already have. So Sherry and I have a beautiful mutual friend who lives in Brisbane and she's recently done up or overhauled her apartment. And that mm -hmm. was because of a variety of things you know it was aging but also I think there was an incident with paint and carpet and it didn't <laughs> yeah um, didn't end well yeah it didn't end well um but what she's done is really go you know I, I've given all this stuff to um you know my businesses and I've created these beautiful spaces for my clients to come to and you know enjoy spending time in but now it's time to give back to me. Um, mm -hmm. But what what's here that I've already got? And she has some you know, amazing artwork or lampshades yeah. or that kind of thing. Or she might like the shape of something, for example, um, the and you know because we're sometimes we're talking about big pieces here, big pieces of furniture, whether it's a bed or a sofa or outdoor living entertainment area, that kind of thing. So she had this lovely outdoor table and chairs, and she just went, hmm, I'll just get it and it back and paint it and make it look totally different. Like I've seen it in person, it looks totally yeah. different. So instead of kind of going, well, I always need to get the new thing or I, you know, I've got this thing right at this moment about treading gently on the earth. Mm -hmm. And so yet there's always going to be stuff that goes to landfill. There's always going to be stuff that we go, I can't really work out how to recycle this in my area because there's no one that can take it. But what if I get in my home that I can repurpose? Um, you know, maybe learn to sew, maybe learn to paint, maybe learn to use a power tool or two so that you can 
Love the stuff in your home that you love, that you're emotionally connected to, and that's amazing. Um, but you haven't then gone and, I want to say, done more harm um, mm-hmm. you know, externally to our environment. It's just something I'm really a bit passionate about at the moment. So I might have gone a bit less of a center there. I'm not sure. I don't think so. I think that's just, it's, you know, it's like when, you know, again, like what we've been talking about, as we evolve, our space has to evolve. You know, it's that spiritual spiral upwards. And does that mean you constantly <laughs> have to change your space? Yes. And how can you do it easily and, and without increasing your footprint on earth, you know, so can you, and, and sometimes it's actually just, it's just shifting things around makes them feel differently. It's not always that you have to, it's like, oh, well, what if like, and I think this is always so fun with clients when we're, and because again, I think we get so familiar in our spaces and we get a little bit of tunnel vision. Like this is how it's always been. This is how it needs to be. And I'm like, well, what if we moved this here? What if that became your office? And what if this became, you know, yeah. they're like, I can do that. Like, yeah, we can do that. <laughs> and so I think that like that permission, right? Permission to change. And I said the other day to somebody like permission is the kryptonite to resistance. Like for me, all you have to do is tell me I don't have to do something. And then I'm like, I want to do it now. So I, I just permission for it to look different. Yeah. Yes, totally. And you know, we've all been in that situation where we might be buying a house or um, you know, perhaps going to look at a rental and the existing tenant's furniture is there. And then we think when we move in, well, ours has to go in the same spot. Well, actually, it doesn't. It can go wherever you want to put it. You can put your dining table wherever you want to put it. You don't have to put it in the same same space. I, I do uh, recommend not moving an upright piano uh, by yourself across a hardwood floor. <laughs> I bet you've never done that. <laughs> uh, right. I have never. Because I have moved my furniture, like basically just moved it. And I'm like, I can totally move the piano because I, don't, I can't quite visualize what it would be like on that wall. So be mindful. <laughs> and careful by the sounds of that. Well, that's one thing. I think when we start, when we're talking about the energy of things is to be like super cognizant that when we do start moving things around, we are shifting energy. We're not just moving stuff. We are, yeah. we are moving energy. And I have, um, I'll tell you the 30 second version of being in a client's attic and helping them declutter in their attic like years and years ago. And I wanted these big wreaths hung up on, like I wanted them hung up. I didn't just want them like laying on the, the floor of the attic. And he was out of town. So I called my husband. I asked the client and I was like, do you mind if my husband comes and hangs some hooks up so I can hang your wreaths? He's like, yeah, sure, fine. So we do it late at night. And I tell my husband, I'm like, that's where I want the, the wreaths to hang up. And meanwhile, we've been decluttering. Like I've been taking so much stuff out of the attic and a lot of like old memorabilia from past relationships that didn't end well were up there. So I had really stirred up the energy in the attic. And as I told my husband that I wanted him to hang, I'm like, right over there is where I want the hook. And so there was this little walkway, like underneath was just insulation, but where I wanted it hung, he had to walk over this little um, walkway. I still laugh when I think about this and it's not funny, but he (laughs) fell and his foot fell through the sheetrock. I don't ask him how he is, I run downstairs to the floor below and see like this dangling sheetrock in his foot. But the amazing thing is the sheetrock broke in the shape of a heart. And so when I took it to the paint, because now I have to fix before he gets home, I have to fix the hole in the ceiling. So I call my painter as an emergency. I'm like, you've got to come over here tomorrow. And I go to the paint store to paint match the paint. And the woman says, what should I call this, the color paint that I'm mixing up for you to match this sheetrock? And then she looks at the piece of sheetrock that I had brought in and she said, oh, it's a broken heart. I'm like, yeah, that's the energy that we had let out of the ceiling. But 
but so to be cognizant of my whole point, like when we start moving stuff yeah. is really to be know that we are energetically shifting things. Yeah. And we need to be grounded. And, and that's why I think too, and I, and I still do this and I've shared this multiple times, putting expiration dates on boxes, you know, once you've committed to, okay, I'm, this is, it's okay for this to go, but I'm not quite ready to let it go yet put an expiration date, a couple notes on it so that you don't open the box and then all of a sudden reattach to the very things that you had already clearly decided that you were done with. And then you just know, go to, you know, drop off at charity or drop, you know, whatever your action plan, write it on the box. And so then you don't have to, you know, let the, let the skeleton uh, get you. And then you decide, oh, wow, maybe another six months and another, and another. And then before you know it, it's four years down the track um, and you still haven't action that. I had a client years ago in that situation. She'd moved house to house to house to house and she'd been separated, then divorced from her husband and there was a daughter. And she just took all of her packing boxes, moved them every time she moved house. The packing boxes went with her that were unpacked every single time. So she, she unpacked the, um, the, the ones she needed, clothes, kitchen, equipment, all that kind of stuff. But the, you know, one box had the wedding dress, one box had stuff from grandma, one box had whatever. And it just never got unpacked and it just kept going. Um, and I totally understand that. Like I get that that can be the case, but... At the same time, it makes me really sad because I think of all the years, all the cost, the financial cost, but the emotional and spiritual cost of carrying all of that mm -hmm. stuff around um, just really, I believe, prevented her from being able to step out into, you know, whatever the next awesome thing was going to be happening um, in her yeah. life. So I think, ladies, we probably should get to the point where we're starting to wind this up. I've really enjoyed this conversation and I did forget to mention at the start that there's going to be more of these conversations, roundtables with the three of us. So I'm really excited. But is there one last piece of wisdom that you feel called to share before we wrap it up? You don't need to if there's nothing coming to you. But if there's something that you think, yeah, that's really important that I, you know, gift that now um feel free to share just as an added on piece to what sherry was talking about in that decluttering piece is because we feel so familiar in our space that sometimes it's hard like you can't see the label when you're inside the bottle and that's a little bit about being in our house it's it's hard to sometimes see what our house looks like and when you bring that third party vision into it um, it's really helpful. But another thing I think sometimes that I know I've done and I did it, I've done it inadvertently. Uh, but now I realize how powerful it is, is to take a picture of the space and then to look at the picture. It's, mm -hmm. it, somehow it just shifts it and you're like, oh, wow, I didn't see that like that before. So I think as much as we can um, look through our space through a different lens, and not mm -hmm. so familiar that we can see um, is helpful. Mm. Yeah. And, and also the, the feeling. Um, I shared on Instagram some time ago, uh, tagging you both in it because the front room where I started before I kept freezing, I think of uh, that space, though I don't sit on the couch as often or spend as much time, when I walk to the front door or come down my stairway and I see that space and it, I just, oh, it just feels so good. Like, I'm just so happy that that is my space. And that is how I think should be the sort of the, the barometer or the thermometer or whatever you want to call it to go, oh, like, this just feels good. Like, it just, it just feels good. Mm. So you want it to feel good. And if you, and if something isn't feeling like and lights you up then that's when you can start inquiring well what what is it that doesn't make me feel good about this space like, yeah why are we sacrificing all the time why are we always like sacrificing 
and compromising. You know, like yeah, sometimes yeah. you have to compromise, but why in our spaces, at least to have, like I know you teach this, Helen, at least to have that sacred space where it's all yours. Mm, so yeah. important. And then ultimately, because you know, I talk a lot about that infinity symbol concept. Maybe this is kind of my last bit of wisdom to share. It's like, what can we do in the external that will help shift the internal? Um, and what mm -hmm. can we do in the internal that will help shift the external? And I mean, you can put nearly anything on the other side of that infinity symbol whatsoever, depending on what it is you're wanting to work with. But given we're talking about home, you know, what, do, what can I shift in the external that will bring me back to me? And then what can I shift in the internal that will bring me back to me? And helping to use kind of that balance between the external and the internal to ultimately, you know, be true to yourself on whatever the path is and no longer sacrificing and no longer compromising where you don't have to. And I kind of had this thing land again a week or so ago. I was like, why the hell not? If I want to paint my wall pink, why the hell not? If I don't like it, I can then just change it back. Um, or if I want to remove this room around, why the hell not? I can easily do that. And if I don't like it, except for if I'm moving a piano. <laughs> yeah. Think about that one. <laughs> Think about heavy items. Yeah. Be safe in, in, in doing that. So, all right. Well, Serena, let everyone listening know where they can find you and then we'll move to sharing. Uh, my website is spacedoula.com. So space and then D-O-U-L-A.com is a great way um, to find me. And then I'm also on Facebook, um, Space Doula and Instagram, Space Doula. Cool. And your private group on Facebook? On Facebook, I do have a private community called Homebase. It's actually your home base. Um, and the easiest way to find that is through my public Facebook Space Doula page because there's a link to it. Fabulous. Thank yeah. you. And yeah, Sherry? Thank you. Uh, you can find me at sherrytrentini.com, all one word. And I also am on Facebook. My Facebook page is Sherry Trentini Creating Space. Um, you can find me there and also on Instagram. Sherry Beautiful. Trentini. Beautiful. I'll put all those links, of course, in the show notes so everybody can um, connect with both of you amazing ladies. So we will be back. Uh, this is our first of three, perhaps four conversations. So I'm looking forward to sitting with you both even more in this roundtable concept. I've really enjoyed it. I hope that you have as well. So listener, if you haven't already got it, please head on over to the Helen Joy Butler website and grab the Sanctuary Starter Kit and join us in the Sanctuary in a Circle. But until next time, take care and much love.